If it's 6.01 on a Tuesday evening, and if there isn't a blizzard outside, which in this weather there won't be, you've got yourself FNL Winter, brought to you by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. High school basketball, including a live game as part of our broadcast between now and 8.55 Eastern Standard Time. Hi, everybody. I'm your studio host, Tim Glenday. We're going to have uh, Spalding tonight at Bishop Girton. Spalding coming into the game with a 13-3 and record. BG an even record of 8-8. Eight and eight. So playoff seedings probably affected for BG. In other games this evening that we hope to have correspondent reports from, uh, the host of Just in Time for Sports, Justin Gorm on W. MNH 95.3 FM up in Manchester. He should be checking in at about 10 past the hour with the Londonderry at Memorial game preview. And five minutes after him, Sam Lewick with Salem at Central. So for you 1250 listeners, we're all set to get reports from two of the games in the Queen City. And of course, for the 900 listeners, it's a uh, game being played just down the road from here. Uh, Bishop Girton's uh, gymnasium this evening is the home of our broadcast, the tip-off scheduled for around 6.30. We've set our in-person Heidi Hose to Nick Anastas, your play-by-play man. He's joined by the coach, Mike Beliveau, and uh, they'll be on the air. Oh, we'll probably throw it to them around 6.25 this evening for their game. And then we'll have over an hour of post-game coverage where we get into scores from around the state. So if it's being played, we will bring it to you uh, this evening here on FNL Winter. Also a sponsor, besides our overall major sponsor, BASC, the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center, are the fine folks who are in charge of Beals Insurance Agency. And with that... A, an abbreviated Beal scoreboard, as it'll be last night's three big games, followed by what is the lineup for boys basketball here in the state on Tuesday, February 28th. Are you ready? The Beals Insurance Scoreboard, brought to you by Beals Insurance Agency, with locations now in Bedford and Londonderry. Visit BealsInsurance.com. Salhegan was the host school last night, but the people from Greater Amherst did not leave in a great mood as Manchester West came to town and beat them by a score of 78-63. to Hollis Brookline, however, they were dancing in the streets, such as they are, little two-lane roads throughout the countryside of Hollis and Brookline. They hosted Conval, Conval up and over Temple Mountain from Peterborough, came into Hollis Brookline last night. And I'm sure it was a longer ride home. Final score, Hollis Brookline 60, Conval 24. Lebanon had a high-scoring affair at home last night against Cole Brown Northwood. And Lebanon was the victor by a score of 74 to 58. So what's on tap for boys basketball around the Grand State tonight? Manchester Memorials High School will be hosting Londonderry at 630. Manchester Central is taking on Salem at 6.30. Keene has Merrimack. The Warriors, are tra- Tomahawks, I should say, are traveling all the way over to Keene. Alvern is the host for Winnicunnet. 
Concord High School is your host for Pinkerton this evening. Trinity High School has Bedford invading their court. Exeter has Nashua North. They've been taking the long bus ride across 101 and will be hosting them at 6.30 tonight. And, uh, you know, I have listed on one of my uh, sources the BG Spalding game as a 7 o'clock tip-off. So we're going to have to see if that holds true or not. Uh, other games, Kingwood versus Merrimack Valley at the Kingswood High School Main Gym. Timberlane at Wyndham. Plymouth at Bow. Pembroke versus John Stark. Oyster River versus Pelham. Goffstown's High School will be hosting Kennett. Wyndham will be hosting Timberlane. And it's Hanover versus Bishop Brady, the Hanover High School gym, at uh, 7 o'clock this evening. Portsmouth had an open date on the girls' side, but the last I looked, they had not scheduled a game for this open date that they had right at the end of their schedule. We will tell you about a change in the NHIAA girls' basketball in Division Three and Division Four. Due to facility issues, the dates of the semifinals have changed at that level, 3 and 4. The Division Three semifinals are being played this evening at the same regularly scheduled times from where they were postponed. And the Division Four semifinal will now be played tomorrow, Wednesday, March 1st, at the same times as previously announced. So that's the... Uh, the uh, lowdown when it comes to changes upcountry more than anything else, where there's been some ice jams and whatever, for the girls' side of things. We're going to hear from our first correspondent, if all works out on schedule, after we take our first time out. That's the first of many appeals scoreboard. Of course, most of them, when we're done with our action this evening, that's when we have time to... Uh, get into, if you will, scores from around the league, around uh, divisions one through four. No preference here. If it's being played, we'll be happy to pass it along. And that means you don't have to be in the listening range of 1250 Manchester or 900 Nashua because if you go to ESPNNH.com, that's ESPNNH.com, you can click on Listen Live to any of these broadcasts. This is the first or final, I should say, regular season broadcast, but we have some playoff action coming up soon. And, of course, the TuneIn app, as ESPN and H is listed under the sports category. The beauty of both of those is just like tuning in to regular radio, they're absolutely free. And free is a good word, isn't it? Back in a couple of moments. FNL Winter on ESPN New Hampshire. Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by... Twelve minutes past the hour of six, this is FNL Winter, brought to you by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. And uh, the great Apple Therapy people, you just heard the female vignette for the month, Athlete of the Month. Also requires uh, great academics and great uh, support of the community. You'll hear in our next break the Apple Therapy male vignette. And uh, we hope you'll be listening to that. We were expecting by now the first of our two correspondents... 
So we're going to give you a very brief musical interlude because I think one of them is ringing us up right now. Our suspicions were correct as we saw the blinking phone line to our right. Always happens when you're reading material off the computer from your left. And that is we have our first correspondent report of the evening. He's the host of Just in Time for Sports on WMNH 95.3 FM. He's a school teacher who's probably happy with Manchester West's recent victory over Salhegan 78-63. But tonight... He's taking care of Londonderry at Memorial Forest. Good evening, Justin Gorm. Good evening. How are you tonight? Uh, we're doing fine here at the studios. Doing fine indeed. So, um, Londonderry at Memorial, what kind of uh, matchup should this be? Well, it's a 7-9 and nine versus a, or a Londonderry 10-6. and six. And I think Memorial has started to fade a little bit. So we're going to see what happens tonight and see how they play. But the matchup, I, you know what? I haven't seen Londonderry play yet. But I know that they've been playing well as of late. All right, then. Uh, what have you seen in the games with Memorial? I noticed in uh, some what are called power rankings, where which we'll describe for our audience a little later. It's where they take uh, six voters. It's all of the schools around the state. Doesn't matter what division they're in. That uh, Londonderry is number thirteen on that uh, list. But uh, you've probably seen Crosstown Memorial play a couple times. What kind of uh, action should you expect from them this evening? Well, they do like to get up and down, push the ball. Uh, the thing is, uh, recently they've lost. They lost to Concord by 20, and Concord has only won, I believe, five games, and, and they lost to Exeter 83-69. So you just don't know what you're going to get. I think they're underachieving at this point. So athletically they're really good. It just depends who shows up. Well, we're looking forward to a pro game score and a little analysis from you this evening. I will tell you that uh, I've got conflicting notes as to whether I've got a 6.30 as usual tip-off or 7 o'clock. I'm hoping I have a misprint at my end. But in either event, uh, it should time out for us to chat again, Justin, at the conclusion of your game there in the Queen City. You bet, Tim, and I look forward to hearing from you or talking to you again later. All right. Thank you very much, Justin. Good evening now. You bet. That was Justin Gorm here on uh, ESPN New Hampshire. Hold on one second. We're going to check them phone lines again. Do you like that musical blast? Here it is. Ah, so much for brief musical interludes. It's preview uh, number two. Salem at Central is our game, is it not, Sam? It is indeed. So uh, we've got our team in Salem that, uh, well, a lot of people think this has been a rebuilding year, but uh, this should be a very interesting basketball game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's uh, Salem Central, Salem 7-11, Central's 5-10, and and despite the losing records, uh, both schools are really in the thick of things for a playoff bid. Whether or not 
there in position to make a deep run remains to be seen. Now, how about style of play as far as you know? This late in the season, you probably have seen them both play. I know we've broadcast uh, two games involving Salem on this particular show. Not too familiar with Central. Just uh, in our little pregame chit-chat, what kind of uh, play do you expect from first Salem and then Manchester Central? Yeah, I'll start with Central. Uh, Central runs a uh, 3-2 zone. It's pretty nasty at times, but they also have some holes that can allow the opposing teams to get to the basket, get easy buckets. Uh, Salem runs a pretty efficient offense, but defensively they have they struggle at times. A really interesting stat here, if I can find it. Uh, in the fourth quarter, Central averages 10 points better than Salem. So if it's late and close, advantage Central for sure. Uh, Salem's averaging just six points per game in the fourth quarter. Well, we'll see what happens this evening then. Again, below 500 teams, but that doesn't mean you're out of it when you take the number of schools to make the playoffs in the different uh, divisions, one through four. And uh, hopefully time for a post-game report, Sam. Let it ring, because I might be jibber-jabbering with somebody else on the air at the time, all right? All right, perfect. Thank you. All right, thank you for your work on this. We appreciate it all season. Thanks, Sam. There you go, our pregame report. As we uh, have both games in the Queen City, Londonderry at Memorial and Salem at Manchester Central staffed this evening. I mentioned the power ratings and uh, the fact that I couldn't do these last week. Well, and again, we use a couple of sources, and one of those sources has put more and more of its uh, material in what we call the premium level, that is to say, join in. And uh, the folks uh, at uh, nhsportspage.com have done that to us uh, last week, but we were able to get into where we need to get into for the Adrenaline Fundraising Power Index Top 15. Uh, Cal Connolly and Spalding, who you're going to be hearing about tonight, have moved up to number two in the ranking. Your voters are Dave Haley, Jennifer Chick Ruth, and Pete Terrier of NH Sports Page, Justin McIsaac, of both the Sports Page and McIsaac on Sports Network, Jeff Gusterson, who's a former Londonderry head coach, and Sean Young of Great Bay Country Club. By the way, Adrenaline Fundraising, you can get more if you just type that long phrase together. More information about them at AdrenalineFundraising.com. Well, the schools receiving votes but not cracking into that aforementioned Top 15 from all the divisions are Nashua North, Stevens, Pittsfield, and Epping. So somebody, maybe a couple somebodies voted for them, but not enough to break into the 15. Hollis Brookline, though, is there at 15, Groveton at 14, Londonderry at 13, Coe Brown at 12, Hopkinton is number 11, Kearsarge Regional at 10, Merrimack is slipped to 9th, Exeter is 8th, Littleton is 7th, Milford, meanwhile, is doing well as sixth. Winnicunnet at five. Lebanon at four. And your top three are Bedford, Spalding, and undefeated Portsmouth. Those are your schools as they're found this week in the power rankings of the Adrenaline Fundraising Power Index Top 15. We're going to take another brief break, set up a couple other things with our NHI AA.org website, and uh, then we'll check in with Nick Anastas and uh, Coach and see what's happening there while you're all listening to the break. I mentioned that we had the female vignette for Apple Therapy, 
Student of the Month. Now it's leading off this commercial break. Here's the male side. Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. All right, we're here with Jacoby Burpee from... Welcome back to the ESPN Studios. This is FNL Winter, where we think we may have closer to a, well, let's say between 6.50 and 7 o'clock tip-off of our main game tonight, Spalding at BG. We've, uh, we're all hooked up and ready to go this evening. Uh, Spalding coming in with a 13-3 and record. We'll explain where that gets you standing-wise in a minute. Bishop Girton is playing 500 basketball. So both should be tournament teams when it comes to Division I. Uh, but they're 8-8. Eight eight. 500 is their record. 8-8, eight eight, Spalding 13-3. Now, we did our power listing stuff, which is all well and good. But uh, since that's just subjective opinions, we would take a few moments now to take a look at actual standings, starting with Division I boys basketball this evening. Portsmouth, uh, as we wrap up regular season games in Division I, are a perfect 17-0. Spalding and Bedford are your next two clubs with a record of 13-3. and Of course, you've heard uh, action of both Portsmouth and Bedford here on this station, and you're going to hear Spalding tonight. So the top teams have certainly made the FNL Winter Game of the Week. Winnicunnan is next with a 12-4 and record. Then there are identical records for Merrimack and Exeter at 11-5 for both schools. Again, this is Division I boys basketball. Londonderry's had a good year, 10-6. Nashua North, 9-7. BG, 8-8. As you heard in one of our two pregame reports, Manchester Memorial, which is in action this evening, in which we have a correspondent at the game, uh, is 7-9, along with Salem and Alvern. Nashua South, the uh, head coach was on our uh, previous sort of preview of the whole season one Saturday morning, and uh, the rebuild there is reflective in what was a very slow start, but now a respectable 7-10 and record. Pinkerton is 6-10. and Manchester Central is 5-11. and Concord and Dover each have only four wins, Dover having played 17 games, so they have 13 losses. Concord... Just 16 games, there you have 12. Keene is 3-13, and 13, have two games left. And Trinity, well, Trinity is going to try its best to get off the schneid before the season ends because they are 0-17. In Division Two, uh, not undefeated, but boy, really good records at the top. Milford with a 16-1 record. Lebanon is 15-1. The Cole Brown Northwood people, we mentioned a, uh, a score from there yesterday. They're now 14 and 3. Hollis Brookline, 13 and 4. Then it's a little bit of a drop off to Manchester West, who also won their last game, played yesterday. They are now 11 and 6. Pelham is 10 and 6. A slew of teams all at the same mark of 9 and 7, namely Bishop Brady, John Stark, Goffstown, and Timberlane. Merrimack Valley is in at 8 and 10. And uh, then the records uh, still, again, don't drop off that dramatically this deep into the division. Pembroke is 6 and 9, as is Hanover. 
Wyndham is six and ten, Kingswood six and eleven, and then teams that are trying very badly to pick it up at the end of the season, Salhegan, Plymouth, and Bow, all with twelve losses. Kennett is three and thirteen, Conval uh with that big loss uh the other night, they're now two and fifteen. Oyster River one and fifteen. Again, that's boys basketball division two standings. As for the Division Three groupings, where it's tournament time, as you know, Kearsarge and Hopkinton at top, 16-2 and two for the two of them. Stevens and Belmont are at 15-3, and three, as is Summersworth and Interlakes. So very lopsided division when you've got uh, six clubs with that dominating of records, either 16 or 15 wins now that their regular season has concluded. Following them is Berlin with a 14 and 4 record. Nearby Campbell 13 and 5. Hello to all you folks over in Litchfield, perhaps listening on either station 900 or 1250. Messenic is 13 and 5, Guilford 12 and 6, St. Thomas Aquinas and Conant are 11 and 7, and just a couple more to mention from that level. We've got Monadnock and Muscoma Valley at 10 and 8. Franklin at nine and nine, Winnesquam eight and ten, and uh, everything else is uh, again way up country or way out west in the division. But they too had a team that did finish its season, unfortunately, without a win. And that was Hillsboro Deering, and Owen eighteen Schneid for them on the season. Finally, that means there's one division to go on the boys' side. And that is Division Four. Littleton finished the regular season perfect at 18 and 0. Woodsville 17 and 1. Groveton and Derryfield, as well as Pittsfield, all came in at 16 and 2. Epping had a strong year at 15 and 3. Colebrook 13 and 5. Newmarket 12 and 6. Profile 11 and 7. The nearby Wilt Lineborough School 10 and 8. But after that, it's all below 500, and um, Two teams could not get a win this year. Sorry for the supporters of Newt as well as Concord Christian as they finished up 0-18. And if you think that's bad, up by the Canadian border too, Canaan and Pittsburgh were a mere 1-17. So not the greatest season when it came to boys basketball there. We're going to look at girls basketball in a moment, give you a rundown of the standings. Uh, including Division One, where tonight we have boys basketball, 8-8 eight eight BG. But I'll give you a preview. The girls, with one game left, have only one loss. We'll be back to check on all that in just a moment here on FNL Winter, brought to you by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Center. Hey, it's me, your piggy bank. Remember when you were a little kid? All the dimes and quarters in my back. Yeah, that was good times. Good times. Now, lately, i got to be honest, you've been ignoring me. Money's been slipping through your hands like a greased pig. <laughs> get it? Because I'm a... Anyway, I know how it is. Now that you get a real paycheck, it's nice to have stuff. You'll start saving money next year. Well, I hate to tell you, but good saving habits start now. Put just 20 bucks in the bank a month. Make your own coffee at home instead of that latte every morning. Brown bag it to work instead of ordering in. Those changes alone could save you thousands of dollars a year. 
Come on, I'm your piggy bank. We can be together again, me and you, the special types. <laughs> anyway, if you don't want me to cry anymore, feed me. Go to feedthepig.org for more ideas on how to save. Feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants and the Ad Council. They fought for- now at the uh, standings as they either are concluding with the last couple of games or have concluded. The Division One and Two tournaments are always uh, a week, if you will, later than the Division Three and Division Four tournaments. But we're moving on to girls basketball now to sum that up for you. Division One, not only large schools for the most part, but also the Southern Tier, where we have the most listeners to ESPN New Hampshire, not only all basketball season, but quite frankly during any of our football, lacrosse, any action that we cover here on ESPN. And a reminder, if you're out and about this evening, plenty of time with about a 7 o'clock tip-off to head over to uh, the Exit 4 area, to Lund Road, the corner of London, Elmont, my alma mater, Bishop Girton, this evening. I promise it will not affect my calling of anything from the studios, and I don't think it'll affect Nick Anastas or Coach Mike Belvo either, as they are uh, true gentlemen when it comes to these broadcasts, in terms of putting uh, uh, their own preferences aside. They don't wear it on their sleeves. They're not uh, fanboys. They're really fun announcers to listen to, and I think you'll enjoy another great basketball game being brought to you as sort of the middle part of our broadcast this evening which goes to 855. Girls basketball division 1. Bishop Girton 16 and 1, have one game left. Pinkerton, Bedford, and Alvern are 16 and 2. Winnicunnet then as there's a drop off as well as Londonderry are 11 and 7. Then we have four clubs who finished with 500 records of 9 and 9. Manchester Memorial, Manchester Central, Merrimack High School, and Nashua North. Right behind them, with 8 and 10 records, are Salem and Dover. Then a drop-off to Trinity with just 6 wins. Exeter with just 6 wins. Concord with 4, as was Keene this year. Nashua South, uh, disappointing, 2 and 16. And Spalding finished up this year with a 1 and 17 match. So it's time for girls' tournament action, as you know. Division two around the state of New Hampshire, girls basketball, the standings that we have for you. Lebanon, a perfect 18-0. Portsmouth makes them a top seed. Lebanon, 18-0. Portsmouth, 17-1. Bishop Brady and Pelham, both 16-2. Hanover, 15-3. Hollis Brookline, 13-5. Bow High School, a school that I've never attended a game. I've never been to Bow High School. Seen many a hardwood game in person, but they were 12 and 6 this year. Merrimack Valley and Kingswood also with 12 and 6 records. Cole Brown, Northwood, as well as Goffstown, 10 and 8. Wyndham, 9 and 9. Sauhegan, 8 and 10. The drop off then for the haves and have nots Pembroke with 7 wins. John Stark with 6. Kennett, Laconia, and Milford with only 5. Again, their regular seasons is done. It's tournament time. Manchester West four and fourteen, as is Oyster River. Conval two and sixteen, and you have a pair of schools that went winless on this particular winter schedule, and that's Plymouth 
and Timberlane. Winless basketball this year. Going quickly over to Division Three in girls basketball, Newfound, a perfect 18-0, Prospect Mountain, 17-1. Over in the Keene area, Monadnock had a great year, and uh, they've wound up 16-2. Conant, 15-3. So you get into hosting as the higher seeds first-round games. Fall Mountain with 13 wins, Kearsarge with 14, as was Sanborn. Uh, with 12 wins, up North Country, Berlin, Guilford 11 and 7, the White Mountains High School 10 and 8, Belmont 9 and 9, flip a coin, they wound up with a 500 season, Interlakes and nearby Campbell uh, finished with 8 and 10 records, Summersworth and Newport 7 and 11 each, Stevens, Muscoma Valley and Hopkinton with 6 and 12 records. Franklin with only five wins. St. Thomas Aquinas with only four. And bringing up the rear this year, three schools, Hillsborough, Deering, and Winnesquam with one in 17 records. And Raymond, sorry to say, not a win when it came to girls basketball in Division Three. That means finally we'll take a look at Division Four before we check in in a few minutes with our uh, uh, announcers for tonight's game. Again, you're tuning in it's a seven o'clock rather than 6 30 start around that time give or take a few minutes spalding 13 and 3 bg 8 and 8 a division one boys basketball showdown if you will uh the girls in division four a perfect record for sunapee high school this year of 18 and 0 colebrook and hinsdale 16 and 2 littleton 15 and 3 newt and newmarket 12 and 6 Woodsville and Farmington 11 and 7, Lisbon, Gorm and Moultonboro were all 10 and 8, Epping, Portsmouth Christian and Groveton were all at 500, 9 and 9, Concord Christian, Mount Royal, Messenic all 8 and 10. Bringing up the rear this year in Division 4, Linwood with 4 and 14 as was Deerfield, Canaan Pittsburgh, bad bad year up in the border, huh? Boys or girls. 33 and 15 this year. Pittsfield 2 and 16. Profile 1 and 17. And uh, I don't know if there was a game that just never was rescheduled, but we have 17 games on the Wilton Lineborough schedule, and uh, they are in the Schneid. They wound up uh, 0 and 17. So that's a look at standings. Quite frankly, the one and final time that you'll get standings from us, as uh, it's postseason time when it comes to tournaments. And uh, to tell you just a little bit about the boys' basketball in Division Three, because action has begun, Winnesquam and Fall Mountain, they're playing a game as a play-in game, the 16th and 17th seed, and that's in boys' basketball, Division Three. They'll take on Kearsarge, number one and undefeated Kearsarge, the winner of that game. 8-9 matchup is Campbell and Messenic. This is all second-round action, which leads to quarterfinal matchup of the winners of those two games. In the other games, Interlake and Monadnock are your 4-13 and 13 seeds, while Summersworth and Conant are your 5-12 and 12 seeds, so they'll face off against each other. The next bracket has number 2 Hopkinton taking on number 15 Franklin, 
Number 7, Berlin, against number 10, Guilford. Then they move on, obviously. Stevens is number 3, so they make up the final bracket against Muscoma Valley. Belmont takes on St. Thomas Aquinas. That'll lead to the semifinal and final rounds of Division Three boys basketball. In the girls in Division One, a lot of local teams are facing off in this division because, as we mentioned earlier, it's concentrated in the southern tier. Bishop Girton is waiting for a quarterfinal opponent after Nashua North and Manchester Memorial as the 8-9 game gets ready to uh, figure out who goes to play BG, who will host it as the higher seed. Alvern as a four seed is waiting for the winner of Londonderry Dover. That's five versus 12. Number two, Pinkerton is waiting for the winner of Merrimack Manchester Central. Again, they're the number two seed, and that would be in girls basketball division one. Then we get to Bedford, the number three seed. They host the Winnicunit Salem matchup, the 6-11 game, in the quarterfinals. So you uh, you stay at home and play at the uh, beginning, uh, the first two rounds at home. Then you get to the uh, semifinal round and final rounds where we start using universities like Plymouth State, Southern New Hampshire University, UNH, and the like, and uh, crown a champion in girls basketball. One more that I think I'll take a quick look at is uh, the ice hockey, because we don't have a uh, Tom King report this evening. We will tell you in Division I boys ice hockey, Bedford wound up the regular season champion, takes on the winner of the 8-9 game, Manchester Central and Bishop Brady. It's then uh, Hanover versus Bishop Girton. That'll finish that bracket, 4 versus 5. In the other bracket, Concord, number two, takes on number seven, Londonderry, obviously gets to host them. And number three, Salem, gets to host Pinkerton. So they go right from the first round in hockey. There is no in-between step. They go right to their quarterfinals, then the semifinals, then the final round, and then, of course, they have a champion who is uh, crowned. That's a look around uh, some of the tournaments. We may talk more tournament action later. Quite frankly, my plan is to have scores in by the time we are uh, even talking at halftime. Could be wrong. Might be only one. Might only be two. But if there are uh, 6.30 games that get played on time and go fast, we'll have an update from them. We're going to join Nick Anastas and Coach Mike Bellavo in two minutes for a quick preview of our game, top of the hour, Spalding at BG. Courtesy of the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers, this is FNL Winter. FNL Winter on ESPN New Hampshire. Which is worse, a trip to the hospital? Or- a truly outdated promo for three shows that no longer exist. <laughs> but we would like to tell you that uh, by popular demand... And I've been one of the demandees for the last couple of years. We now have the entire Dan Patrick program. So please tune in Monday through Friday from 10 to 1. You're no longer missing a third of the program. After Mike and Mike in the morning, it's Dan Patrick 10 to 1 here on ESPN New Hampshire. Well, I get to work with him on Tuesday nights, occasionally a Friday, if the snow or an ice is in the way on a Tuesday, as he calls 
Division One mostly, although we've had Division Two, but Division One boys basketball games here in the great state of New Hampshire. But he also calls America East Division One men's basketball. Can't be any cooler than that. So I listen to him on my off days. The he being Nick Anastas. Good evening, Nick. Good evening, Tim. And to our listeners, welcome here inside the Bishop Girton Gymnasium. It's our FNL winter game of the week. Spalding and BG. The Cardinals, 8-8. Eight and eight, Still looking for perhaps a home game, a chance to host a first-round game in the upcoming tournament if things break their way. And, well, one of those things that needs to happen is they need to win here tonight against a very good Spalding Red Raider team led by head coach Tim Cronin. Spalding, they've won four in a row, are at 13-3, and three, which is good enough for... I guess technically second place in Division One. Bedford is also 13 and three, but the Red Raiders beat the Bulldogs and therefore have the tiebreaker. And this is our first chance, at least on air, to check out Spalding this season, Coach. And it's a senior-driven group that that is balanced and and very well coached by by Coach Cronin. Yeah, it's a chance to check out one of these Seacoast teams. You know, you got Portsmouth sitting yeah. at the top of the perch and. Win a Cunnet. They're a feisty ball club year in and year out. The Fighting McIsaacs, we get to see them tonight <laughs> in the Spalding Red Raiders. And uh, they have an outstanding record. And as you said, they come in playing good basketball with four wins in a row. And really, Nick, you pointed it out. It's a chance to see if if Bishop Girton here on their home floor can rise up and play a great game and try and break into that second tier of teams. Because right now, clearly, Portsmouth not only undefeated but blowing everybody out. They're the top dog in Division One. There's that second tier of which Spalding exists, and now BG kind of falls with a 500 record into that third tier, and more importantly for them, a chance to try and get a first-round playoff game at home. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the goal, certainly, and it's not going to get any easier Friday in the regular season finale. They have to travel to Bedford as well, so kind of a daunting way to end the regular season for the Cardinals led by the young head coach, Matt Reagan, who came in in the offseason and enjoying his first year on the sidelines. Spalding, as we talked about, they've been to Durham before, not necessarily this group, but but program. Uh, the program has, has used to, I guess, kind of intermittent periods of success there. They've They've been up to Durham. You don't hear about them for maybe another couple years, and then they're right back in the mix. It seems like this is one of those years where where they do have a shot. They did fall to Portsmouth like everyone else, but I'm sure they would love that chance, especially on a big stage in perhaps a championship rematch. We saw Bishop Girton last week as they took on Nashua North in our FNL Winter Game of the Week and uh, hung around for a little bit but uh, allowed the Titans to pull away in the third quarter before finishing strong and ultimately losing by 10. They did rebound with a victory their last time out, a one-point win against Pinkerton in this gym, 56-55. to BG, they, they have some pieces, as we saw firsthand last week, in particular the senior forward, Mike Rinko, who is probably their, their best offensive player. Yeah, Mike Rinko, the offense does flow through him. Great spot-up jump shooter, can take it to the rim, plays with high energy. Hey, how about that last week, the athleticism of Giannis Yintengi? Yeah. Give that one a try right there. But I thought he was really athletic. He got out to a great start for Bishop Girton, but really kind of went a little silent. 
in the second half, and they needed him against North. So they need him to play four quarters of basketball tonight. I like another senior by the name of Clay Kroll. He gives them energy. He's a tough kid, and I expect him to play well tonight. I, I really think this is going to be a good back-and-forth basketball game. Yeah, again, the tip-off a little later tonight. We'll get things going. Looks like just shy of 7 o'clock. Players on the floor still warming up. The JV game ran a little bit late. And that was, by the way, a Bishop Curtin victory. A good crowd here in this gym. It's hot. It's not one of the larger gymnasiums, but it does have kind of a homely field. One of the older gyms, I think, in Division One. You've got brick really around all four walls to the left along the baseline. There's the old school stage, complete with the green padding and green curtain. And the doors where folks are filing in are behind the right baseline. You have some newer bleacher sections on each sideline. And we are perched here just above midcourt in a pretty good view for what should be a good game. Again, Bishop Girton and Spalding. It's our FNL winner game of the week. It's presented by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. Basque now has two or new imaging options. And there's a couple of websites you can check them out at basqueimaging.com uh, and bedfordsurgical.com. Also by Apple Therapy, proud supporters of the 2017 Student-Athlete Scholarship Program. Nominate your son or daughter today at AppleTherapy.com. We're going to send things back to Tim Glenday in our ESPN New Hampshire studios for just a few more minutes and get this one tipped off in about seven or eight minutes here from Nashua. Tim? Thank you, gentlemen, and a good evening to Coach as well. We didn't want to leave him out of our introductions uh, we're going to tell you how that schedule plays out to finish up the season during the few minutes we have here. Uh, Plymouth is going to play Kennett tomorrow night, so that's your Thursday action uh, that's coming up. Well, actually, two nights from now, right? As well as Alvern at Portsmouth, that's a Thursday game. Um, Messenic versus Campbell, Conant versus Summersworth, Monadnock, plays Interlakes. This is boys basketball game schedules for the remainder of the week. Um, St. Thomas Aquinas plays at Belmont. Guilford at Berlin. Franklin at Hopkinton. Lebanon plays Bishop Brady. On Friday, as we get into the Friday games, Cole Brown and Timberlane. Conval Salhegan. Goffstown travels to Pelham. Hanover to John Stark. Hollis Brookline to Milford. Oyster River is going to play Kingswood. Wyndham at Manchester West. Bishop Girton, as Nick alluded to, a tough test at Bedford. This is all 6.30 on Friday. Spalding will be taking on Concord. Nashua South goes over to Keene to take on Keene. Uh, Winnicunit is at Manchester Central. Memorial travels to Merrimack, and this is a boys' basketball on Friday. And uh, Dover is going to be playing at Salem, Exeter, at Pinkerton, he says, with a little bit of tongue-tiedness. So those games will be coming up. When I mentioned Division One, Two, Three, and 4 in the various sports and the fact that the lower divisions have playoff games starting tonight, what I'd like to give you a reminder of at this point in time is uh, where you can see those semifinal and final games. 
starting in boys basketball. It'll be on Monday the 13th at UNH at 5.30 and 7.30 that this division, Division One, will have its semifinals. Saturday the 18th of March is the championship game at 3 o'clock over at UNH. Similar deal for the folks in Division Two. They will have on Wednesday the 15th at UNH their semifinal games. So they'll uh, be in action, uh, you know, a couple days after the Division One people are. As far as the semis, Wednesday the 15th at 5.30 and 7.30 at UNH, their championship game Saturday the 18th, and that's at 12 noon. So they'll precede the Division One game. As for Divisions 3 and 4, Division 3 action, they're underway now. That is to say there are games of higher seeds being played today as well as Thursday in Division 3, their first and second round. Then, of course, they have quarterfinals, and when they get into their uh, wrap-ups, if you will, you head to Southern New Hampshire University. Wednesday the 8th at 6 and 8 o'clock are the semis. The championship game is on the 11th. That's Saturday the 11th, so a week earlier than Divisions 1 and 2 at Southern New Hampshire University, 7.30 p.m. As for the boys' preliminary games uh, tonight, quarterfinals this Friday, semis are next Monday the 6th at 5.30 and 7, and the finals on Friday the 10th, both the semifinals and the finals, that's a 7 p.m. game, are being played over at Plymouth State University. Just the locations quickly on the girls' side, Division One. Championship game will be at Southern New Hampshire University on the 11th at 4 p.m. On the 10th at Southern New Hampshire University will be the Division II game, again at 7 p.m. That's a Friday. The finals for Division Three will be at 4 o'clock on the 4th of March. And for Division Four, we go north to Plymouth State University, Semifinals on the 27th at 5.30 and 7 o'clock. That's a Monday evening. Friday, the 3rd of March, will be the championship girls' side, Division Four at 7 p.m., again at Plymouth State University. We'll go back in about two minutes to Bishop Girton's Caligadome, which I don't think we would have called it during the days that Brother John was the actual principal, second principal of the school, Opened in the early 60s, Brother Euclid had the pleasure or mispleasure of wrangling my brother from the class of 69, but I was there under Brother John, class of 75. Back to BG in two minutes. FNL Winter on ESPN New Hampshire. Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit Apple. Well, they're doing fancy introductions. They've killed the lights. Hopefully, the late athletic director, Dick Pawlowski, told them that when you turn off the lights in there, they need to cool down for a couple of minutes before you turn it back up. That, I know, is one part of it that has not been modernized. There are some new bleachers. But otherwise, as described by Nick and everyone, stage and everything is where it's always been. We're getting ready, then, for the national anthem as they're doing the starting lineups as well as your first quarter action. So we go back to the coach, Mike Belvo, and for your play-by-play, Nick Anastas. Well, thank you, Tim. It's got real dark real quickly. 
here in Nashville as they turn off the lights in the gymnasium. They are announcing the starting lineups for both teams here at the start of our FNL winter game of the week. Nick and Astis, Coach Bellevue. And well, maybe a couple of hundred fans here filling in. There's still some folks arriving late. And the Red Raider fans have come from Rochester as well, making the trip southwest. There are some red and white uh, colors in the crowd right behind the Spalding bench, but no question about it, this is the Cardinals' home, and the majority of the onlookers are Cardinal fans. All right. The story is this, BG 8-8, eight eight, still a chance for a home game in the first round, but they must win out, and that includes a victory tonight and possibly a victory on the road on Friday as they take on the Bulldogs. Spalding looking to stay hot. They're 13-3. They've won four in a row and can no longer catch Portsmouth, who has wrapped up the one seed and remain undefeated at the top of the Division One standings, but... Uh, they are in control for the two if they win out. So a big game on both sides. We'll step aside and air the national anthem here. There you have it, the live rendition. Nice job by one of the students. And we're just about set for some basketball here as Spalding in their road red uniforms come onto the floor here. Coach Cronin, who's a big presence over on the sidelines. One final word to his starting five before they head out onto the floor. Bishop Girton in their home whites. Gold lettering, green trim. Bishop Girton above and below the numbers on the front side. Well, again, Spalding in their red with black trim, white lettering. Spalding is what it reads across the chest. Red Raiders will work right to left in this first half, while BG will counter left to right. Rinko to take the jump against the six foot five Cal Connolly. Connolly wins the jump, but immediately there's a whistle, and we're going to redo it. Both players jumped a little early, I guess. Now it's Rinko gets his right hand on it, and the redo goes to BG. So the Cardinals have it. And again, a working left to right. Spalding opening up in his zone here. It's a 2-3 look. 
from Coach Cronin. Showing some patience here. Going to work the perimeter. Comes near side for Alanok. Thought about it. Alanok baseline now for Rinko. One dribble on the block. But decides to shoot. Comes up short with the right hand. Missed off the side iron. Rebound off the bounce. Goes to Spalding. Here is Ari Brakefield. And he's going to draw a foul here near the rim and shoot two. Hit on the right elbow. And the sophomore. Who is it? 6-4, maybe 6-5 with that, what do they call that, Coach? The man bun. That's the man bun right there. <laughs> Ari Brakefield with a nice defensive rebound. He decides to go coast to coast. Glides in along the left baseline and picks up a foul and misses the front end of the two shots. Yeah, a little short here on the front. No score here, 30 seconds in. Spalding trying to crack the ice, and they will on the second Brakefield free throw. one nothing, and the Red Raiders now going to extend the defense here a little bit. They fall back into a 2-3 as BG comes across the line left to right. Patrick Donovan trying to space out the floor, directing his teammates. Finds Rinko on the far baseline, and he's fouled. One dribble, and straight up. Got hit along the forearms, and will shoot two. Foul goes against Matt Roy, 6'2 senior guard who has been at the varsity level for quite some time. So BG a chance here, trailing one nothing to get on the board. Rinko's first is up and in with the right hand. We're tied at one. Rinko at 15 in the first half last week in the loss at Nashua North. I think he wound up with 19. Misses off the back iron here, and a rebound on the weak side is taken by Spaldings Connolly. We're tied at one. One minute gone by in quarter number one. Near side, Keegan Calero, 5'11 sophomore, one of five sophomores on the varsity roster. Dribble drive, kick to Brakefield, near wing, high arcing three, up and in right in front of the BG bench. Brakefield just a sophomore, but he's come out, he took the first one coast to coast to get to the foul line, and right there, no hesitation, hitting a trifecta from long range. He's got all four. For Spalding, they lead 4-1, minute and a half gone by. BG looking for the answer against the zone. Swung near side, Alanok into the post. Rinko, a bounce pass across the lane, and there's a left-hand finish for Giannis Diantengi. 6-2 junior, finds a little room in the green paint. Scores his first field goal. Meanwhile, the drive on the far side by Griffin Towel is ruled out of bounds. I think he thought he traveled. He could have, it could have been ruled either way. But the previous possession in Tangi with an unbelievable move, long left hand in the lane for a little teardrop. Yeah, Cardinals going to need him today. BG looking for the lead. They trail here 4-3 with two minutes gone in this first quarter. Rinko, they clear it out. Face-up game here along the near baseline. Started by Connolly. Puts it on the deck. Goes at Connolly. And now a skip pass taken on the far wing by Donovan. Swung to Alanok on the baseline. Dribble drive, bounce pass now, high elbow for Rinko. And Dengi puts it on the deck with the left hand, switches up and then missed the layup, stays with it and draws the foul. Boy, a pretty gliding move there with the left hand, wouldn't go for the junior, but he stays with it. And now is a chance to put the Cardinals in front at the free throw line. Two and a half gone, 4-3 Spalding. I mean, last week we were really impressed with Giannis and Tengi's athleticism, and it's showing up here early in this contest. Left-hand free throw, up and good. Tied at four. 
Cardinals had a one-point win their last time out. A home victory, 56-55 over Pinkerton. Trying to keep it going. A chance to maybe close out the season with an above 500 record. Quickly, Spalding right to left the other way. They set up a three up top for Connolly. No. Breakfield the follow. No. And then follows his own follow and scores from the near side off the glass with the right hand. How about the high activity and high energy early on of the sophomore, Ari Breakfield? Listed at 6'4", probably 6'6", with that man bun. Yeah. He's playing some good basketball here in the early going for the Spalding Red Raiders. He's got all six points for the visitors. Three minutes in, 6'4", Spalding. BG, they go inside. Rinko near block. Powers it up high off the window for two. Got it over Breakfield that time. That's his first field goal. Quick shot the other way. Calero up and in from the near baseline. Little right-hand jump shot for the 5'11 sophomore. 8-6 here as the game picks up a little pace. BG left to right wants to counter. Spalding in a loose 2-3. That's been the look here so far from Coach Cronin. We approach the midway point first quarter. Alanok inside Rinko. Double teamed on the near block. Now puts it on the deck and is stripped. Taken away by Brakefield. He slapped it away with the right hand. Now Brakefield right to left. Spalding with a two-point lead. Brakefield down the far side of the lane is fouled. It's going to come on the floor. And it's going to go against Bishop Girton's Joe Hyatt. The senior picks up his first and the team second. You know, early observation here on the offensive end for Bishop Girton. Somebody other than Michael Renko and Giannis Niantengi has got to pick it up. They're really not getting any production from any of the other three starters in particular. Meanwhile, Spalding trying to extend their lead to two possessions for the first time as they lead 8-6. Connolly, a ball fake down the lane, runs in Niantengi, and it's an offensive foul. Now Connolly with a questioning look at the official. It was the trail official who made the call. And it was a little delayed. That's got Coach Regan up on his feet, clapping his hands, trying to breathe some life into the Cardinals. They trail 8-6 at the midway point here first quarter. BG left to right against extended pressure. Spalding now in a man-to-man. Intengi up top. Cardinals trying to get it inside to Rinko. Entry pass tipped out of bounds by a diving Connolly. Trying to keep it alive for the Red Raiders. It'll stay BG ball. They're down two. Coach Regan in his first season on the Cardinals sideline. Standing, watching with his hands on his hips. While Rinko is star player. One dribble into the lane. Kick far side. Sets up a Donovan three. That one is too strong. The follow, though, is up and in. Midair. That's Hyatt with his first two. And the game tied at eight. A pretty offensive rebound right there by Joe Hyatt. He didn't come down. He grabbed it at its peak, at the peak, highest point, like they teach defensive backs in football, and he put it right back up and in. Near side, Caleb puts it on the deck. Slicing move, right hand no. Tipped by Brakefield in and out. And finally the rebound there for BG. Allenock to it. The outlet, Donovan. Near side, Hyatt. Right hand layup is good. Transition basketball. The Cardinals have scored four straight. They have their first lead, 10-8, with three minutes to go in this first quarter. Maybe Joe Hyatt's the guy that's going to step up as the third scorer here or the third option for the Cardinals. Two quick hoops. Yeah, the senior with four points. He's got his club out in front. Meanwhile, Spalding looking for the answer. Teardrop far side of the lane. No good for Jean-Paul Paradis. And then a foul on the rebound is going to go against Spalding. Third team foul. Against the Red Raiders, who have suddenly gone cold from the floor. Griffin Towell. Call for an over the back, his first. 
Cardinals left to right. They lead 10-8. Coming up on two and a half to go in this first quarter. Again, extended defensive pressure from Spalding. Broken left to right by BG as they slow things down. Intangi up top, left-hand dribble. Lost it, and it's taken away by Brakefield. Three on three, right to left. Brakefield pulls up for three. Far side, wing too strong. Near side rebound, batted twice. Goes out of bounds near the Cardinal bench. And will stay with Spalding. Coach Regan working the officials a little bit. Spalding trailing 10-8. They haven't scored in several minutes. Inside Caleb. Ball fake. Goes up right hand. Short. Ball tipped out. Rebound is controlled by Intengi for BG. Coming Ntengi. up with two minutes to go. Excuse me, Nick. Intengi dominating the defensive glass for Bishop Girton. Yeah, he's got a pretty good vertical leap out there. Meanwhile, Rinko on the far block dribbles. His pass is deflected in the lane and stolen. Taken away by Calero. Calero near side. Then he had it poked loose from behind by Intangi. Calero, though, stays with it and then sticks an eight-footer here near side. That's the second time Calero's just squared up and drained a 10-foot jump shot right there. Good sign for the Spalding Red Raiders. His second field goal is tied the game. 10 each here with a minute and a half to go first quarter. BG left to right, slowing it down a little bit. Nintengi up top, left hand, crosses to the right, goes down the lane, but the layup short. Off the front iron, the rebound to Brakefield and a crowd for Spalding. Red Raiders with the game tied, look for the lead now, and Calero is going to draw a foul on the far side wing. Was ridden by the defender there, Victor DiGiolto, or DiGioletto, who just checked in, and he picks up his first, the team's third. Minute 19 to go, first quarter. Game tied at 10. Off the cut, Spalding nearly got an and one. Instead, a foul is called Isaiah Rose. The freshman who just came on, the only freshman on the roster, is going to head to the free throw line. Nearly got that one kind of flung up over his shoulder. Yeah, almost a, almost a 180 layup right there by Isaiah Rose. Just in and out. Free throw is good for the freshman. And that's got Spalding back out in front, 11-10. With a minute 18 to go in this first quarter. The makeup of the Spalding roster is not typical. You have you do have seven seniors, which you usually see, but no juniors, five sophomores, and a freshman. Coach Cronin. Second free throw good, a two-for-two two trip for the young Rose. 12-10 Spalding. They've scored the last four as we're down to a minute to go in this first quarter. BG's Hyatt down the near side of the lane. A little runner is good. Got it. Over two Red Raiders there with the right hand. And he's the high man so far with six. He's got half the BG total. We're tied at 12. Spalding with 45 seconds. Go into the high post for Paradis. Paradis puts it on the ground. Dribble drive, kick near side, Connolly. One more for Rose in the near corner. Three rattles in and out. Ball is loose, and now foul is called. It's a loose ball foul. And it's going to go against Paradis here. He got a piece of Yintengi. The Frenchman, Jean-Paul Paradis. It's his first. And a lot of whistles in this first quarter combined. Nine team fouls, five against Spalding. Final half minute, first quarter. We're tied at 12. BG ball left to right. Spalding in a man-to-man. They've shown a few different looks here defensively in the first quarter. Looks like BG wants the last shot here. Of course, no shot clock in the NHIAA. 
Final 10 seconds. Donovan. High post. Nintengi. One dribble. Left hand. Up and in. Little teardrop in the lane. My goodness. Can Giannis Nintengi elevate with that left hand? Final shot for Rose. Far side is high. And off the top of the backboard. No good. That'll do it. First quarter in the books. BG off to a good start. They lead Spalding 14-12. to You are listening to our FNL winner game of the week. It's presented by the Bedford Ambulatory Surgical Centers. And it's back. Second quarter action with Mike Beliveau. Here's Nick Anastas. Thank you, Tim. 14-12 is the BG lead after one. Spalding ball here as they work right to left. Just underway, second quarter. The freshman rose up top. As Towel near side. That three on the way, no good. Offensive rebound. Rose back up over his right shoulder. Got it off the window. His first field goal. Freshman with four off the bench. We're tied at 14. Yeah, pretty offensive rebound by Isaiah Rose. And even more important, a nice reversal putback. BG left to right. They were led by Joe Hyatt in that first quarter. Team high, six points. Hyatt is not on the floor. Meanwhile, Donovan lost it, stolen away, and there's Connolly with a left-hand layup. I thought Connolly was going to come in and jam that with his left hand. Big six-foot-five kid. Laid it up and in, give him a sure lead. Yep. Shows mercy on the backboard, baby. Spalding by two. Meanwhile, Yintangi, a baseline drive near side. No, tip, no, and a weak side rebound. Hustled down by Rose. Spalding right to left. Rose still with it. Into the front court. Passes back out to Towel. The ball is tipped out of bounds at midcourt and will stay with Spalding. Well, the teams went back and forth in that first quarter. In fact, neither team so far has led by more than two points. That's the gap here at 16-14, Red Raiders in front. They've scored the first four here of the second quarter. A minute and a half gone. They want more here on this trip right to left. BG and a man-to-man. Rose in the high post back to the basket. And Roy up top. Far side, Connolly draws a double team, picks up the dribble. Now leans into a free throw line shot, and he got it with the right hand. Yeah, real soft hands right there. A nice, as you said, lean in, step in shot, but showed great soft touch in the lane. Step four. Six hole run by Spalding. Largest lead of the game either way at 18 14. Into the post, and Tengi couldn't handle it off his hands and out of bounds. Spalding with momentum, going to get it back here with a four-point lead. Mintengi going to check out, greeted by his teammates on the BG sideline. Coach Regan with a word for him. Yeah, I don't think he'll be out of the game too long. They absolutely need him on the floor. Donnelly inside, drew a crowd and turned it over. Thrown to Donovan. Donovan left to right. Donovan to the rim, right hand no. Tip yes by Rinko. A little two-handed tip. Softly over the front iron. Ringo with five. BG back within two. Quick shot the other way. Rose couldn't get it from the far side of the lane with the right hand. Tried to bank it. Rebound to Rinko, and BG has it a chance to tie with a two. Rinko trying to power his way to the rim. Wild shot. No, the follow, yes. Got it off the glass. Boy, Rinko, big and strong out there, coach. He's now the game's high scorer with seven points. Meanwhile, quick shot the other way. Rose got it up and in. A long two from the near side wing. That's the freshman, Isaiah Rose, pulling up from 15. No flies on him. He's got six. Meanwhile, quick shot the other way. Alanok in and out. No good from the far wing. Rebound, Red Raiders. Taken in by Towel. And now Spalding going to slow it down. Right to left for the 20-18 to lead. On the board, three minutes into the second quarter. Up top, Connolly. A quick three. That one an air ball. And out of bounds. 
Back over to Bishop Girton. Meanwhile, the 6-4 sophomore, Ari Brakefield, is back on. He scored the first six of the game for Spalding. And after a long rest, is back on the floor for Coach Cronin. Heading towards the midway point. BG down by two. They led by two at the end of one. Donovan inside Rinko. One dribble across the lane. Gigeletto missed the layup. Got to right. have that right there, Victor Gigeletto. A little short there with the right hand. Meanwhile, scoop shot up and good off the glass for Keegan Calero. He's got six, and that's going to lead to a Coach Regan timeout. As Bishop Girton wants to talk it over. Heading towards the midway point, second quarter. Spalding has reestablished their largest lead at 22-18. to 18. Yeah, right now on the bench for Bishop Girton is Giannis Nintengi. I have a feeling we may see him, see him check in after this timeout. I'm not sure. Maybe they can extend his rest a little bit. But he is just an athletic presence on the defensive end as well as the offensive end. He's got to be out there for BG to support what's going on with Michael Rinko, the leading scorer for the Bishop Girton Cardinals. Again, looking to see who that third guy is going to be. So far here in the early going, it's been Joe Hyatt chipping in with six points, as you pointed out, Nick. Big possession for BG. They don't want to get this thing much more than four to six all night long. BG out of the timeout with the basketball. Working left to right. Spalding back into a zone as they've changed things up often defensively in this first half so far. Hyatt near side. Looks for an angle. Nowhere to go. Pulled back out. Now touched by Kyle Fisher for the first time. The junior guard just checked in. Fisher swings it far side. Donovan. Now Allen Aka baseline drive. Shot too strong over Brakefield. And the rebound taken by Brakefield with two hands on the near side for Spalding. Good stop by the Red Raiders. Here's Roy on a drive. Right hand. No, but a foul. He's strong, huh? If you can look at his body, he's got the big wide shoulders, big biceps, solid legs. Very, very good-looking athlete, Matt Roy, for the Red Raiders of Spalding High School. We've yeah. read a lot about him and heard some things, but again, haven't had a chance to see many games on the Seacoast, so I was anxious to see his game tonight. First free throw good. That's his first point. Senior guard who's been playing for Tim Cronin for a long time at the varsity level. Meanwhile, the lead pushed up to five for the first time at 23-18. Just past the midway point of the second quarter. Second free throw is good. Spalding shooting well at the line. Roy a two-for-two two trip. The lead is six at 24-18. DJ needs an answer. And Tengi back in the game, throws it away. Looking for Rinko down low, stolen away by Connolly. Right to left, Rose now on the near baseline. Drives middle, flings one up with the right hand and got a friendly roll. Isaiah Rose with a floater and a teardrop in the lane. Just enough backspin to get that one to drop. And the freshman is now the game's high score. Eight points off the bench. Spalding by eight, 26-18. Coming up in three minutes, BG needs a response. They draw a foul. Comes on the far side of the lane as Rinko is bumped by Roy. It's the sixteen foul, so Spalding now up against the limit. Just their first foul, though, in this second period. Meanwhile, Gigeletto back on for BG. Aladoc comes off, slapping five with the bench. BG down by eight, largest lead for Spalding. Fisher near side. Nowhere to go is Ntengi up top. High post Rinko. Trying to work the 2-3 zone. Somebody's open underneath. It's Di Giletto, and there's the layup. Well, he 
Good ball moving by the BG Cardinals right there, and that's what they got to have. Somebody else step up. Renko find the open man from the high post, D. Gelato. Two-possession game again, 26-20. Spalding wants a response. Cal uh, Connolly able to provide it, a 15-footer up and in off the dribble. I love the way he dribble drive, penetration, pull up, elevate, drain it. Six for Connolly. 28-20, BG works it inside, and the left-hand layup blown by Intengi, and then a foul is going to come, though, against Spalding on the rebound. And you can tell the junior upset with himself there, just bounced in and out off the glass. Yeah, absolutely got to make that right there. That's about two or three just like that the BG has missed in the last few minutes of this quarter. Meanwhile, that foul goes against BG. They just changed the call. And announced that to the crowd here in Nashua. It's, it's actually on Fisher, his second. And that now puts both teams up against the limit with six team fouls. Nick and Astis, Coach Bellevue here. There's a timeout on the floor with 2.36 to go until halftime. 28-20 is the Red Raider lead. We saw a back and forth first quarter. BG had a 14-12 advantage. But Spalding starting to knock down some shots and... Well, we've seen turnovers rear their ugly head on the BG side in the second quarter as well. Yeah, turnovers and missed bunnies right now for Bishop Gardner. They're right there. Yep. But I like the depth. I really like the depth of this Spalding team. They've come in with a few guys off the bench that have been instant contributors. Yeah, including Isaiah Rose, the young freshman who's got eight in this first quarter. 28-20, two and a half to go, second quarter. And then first half. We're in the second quarter. Meanwhile, it's Roy up top for Spalding. He pulled the trigger. Three-pointer no good. Back iron. Loose ball near side. And Rinko, the first to it, but he's out of bounds. Had his toe on the near sideline right in front of the BG bench. And wondering aloud to the referee, was he not pushed and nudged out of bounds a yeah. little bit? No call, though. Spalding a break. They'll get it. They'll keep it. Man-to-man defense here from Bishop Girton. That's been the look so far in this first half. Connolly near side baseline and a foul on the drive. It was bumped out of bounds and that drew the whistle that'll put the Red Raiders to the free throw line for a one and one as Bishop Girton is now over the limit foul on DiGioletto his first. Oh no it's on Tangi. I'm sorry his first. 28-20 Spalding. Just outside of two minutes to go in this first half. Free throw up and good. Connolly now with seven all in this second quarter. Cal, the 6'5 senior, trying to put his club up by double digits. First free throw was good. Second one, good as well. Great basketball body. He's long, got those long arms. He's got a beautiful soft stroke at the foul line. Ten-point game, 30-20. to Three-pointer far side for Donovan. Too strong from the wing. Near side rebound to Roy and Spalding wants to run. Rose going to run to the rim. Had it blocked by DiGioletto with the left hand out of bounds. Good defensive play by the 6'2 junior. But it, again, it doesn't matter who it is for the Red Raiders. All five of them looking to score. Yeah. Yeah, they played aggressively here so far. Going to pull it out off the inbound. Paradis will hand to the point guard Calero deep on the far wing. Spalding by 10. They trailed by 2 at the end of 1. Inside of two minutes here, second quarter. Roy near side for Calero, trying to get it inside, but now going to put it on the deck. Dribbles near elbow and hits a fadeaway. Tough shot there. Yeah, he had to he had to elevate and then do a little 
quarter turn to square up and get that off. That was pretty. He's got eight. The lead is 12 at 32-20. Intengi outside, far corner three by Donovan. Too strong, and what's this? A foul here on the rebound. Is it against Girton? Yes, it is. Foul on BG's DiGioletto. That's his second, and we're going to walk right to left to the free throw line for more Spalding free throws. A one and one coming here with a minute 17 to go in this first half. 32-20 Red Raiders. Here he is, Isaiah Rose, with a chance to get into double figures, I believe, Nick, yeah. here from the foul line. Yeah, he and Conley. Each had eight up until that free throw, which is nothing but net for Rose. Nine now off the bench for the freshman. And one more coming. Got it up and in. The youngster with the flat top. No expression on his face after going two of two at the line. He's got ten. He's the game's high man. And the lead is at 14 now. 34 to 20. Another 6-0 run here over the last couple of minutes for Spalding. Spalding just absolutely showing their depth with all kinds of players coming off the bench and contributing. And, and look at they got a 14-point lead just before the half. And Matt Roy, you know, if we had said that said he only had a bucket, right. we'd be pretty shocked by that. But this is showing you kind of the, the depth of this uh, Spalding Red Raider basketball team. Yeah, I mean, you take a look here. Rose with 10. This is all unofficial. But Rose with 10. Cal Connolly with 8. Calero with 8. Brakefield with 6. That was at the beginning of the game. And then Roy with 2. Quick math, I believe that's 34. And if you look at the other side of the ledger, I think only three guys are in the scoring column for the, for the Cardinals. Yeah, we know by. about the first two in Renko and, and Tengi. Yeah, Renko with seven, and Tengi with five, Hyatt with six. So somebody else has a bucket somewhere because that's only 18. Oh, I think the other bucket is uh, DiGioletto. He, yep, he you're right on the bucket. back door. Yep. So there it is, 34-20. With a minute 17 to go in this first half. Spalding, they've traveled well here. A lot of, looks like students are in attendance on the far side. The parents on the near side behind the bench. But there's a lot of red and white in this crowd here in Nashua. And they've been pleased. BG. Going to end the first half on a high note as we're down to one minute. We're going to work things around the perimeter as they attack left to right. It's Rinko on the far side wing. Now to Donovan in the far corner. Dribbles on the baseline, pulls up, in and out, no. Ball tipped, Nintengi has it. Now foul is called along the baseline. Under the basket. It's a hold against Spalding, I believe, against Paradis. Looks like it'll be shooting right here. Yeah, both teams are now in the bonus. That's team foul number seven against Spalding. So Nintengi, the left-hander. At the free throw line, is going to cash in on the first and earn a second. 34-21, that stops, stops, I believe, an 8-0 run by Spalding. Foul was on parity, his second. He's going to check out of the game for Spalding. Meanwhile, Nchengi with one more. Club down 13, make it a dozen after he hits it with the left hand. He's got seven. 34-22. Spalding now seeing a press from BG. They break it with a long pass, and there's a three out of the near corner for Calero. 
He's been clutch. When he's been open, he's dropped him. Keegan Calero. He's now the high man with 11. 30 seconds to go. The lead, 15. 37-22. And Tengi with the dribble near corner. Trying to power along the baseline. Leaves it up top for Rinko. One dribble. Passes on the shot. Leaves it up top. Three-pointer. Hyatt. No good. In and out. Weak side rebound to Rose of Spalding. Ten seconds to go. See if they hold for one here. Into the front court. Connolly. Switches hands wow. down the lane, right hand layup is good. Cal Connolly with a pretty crossover. From midcourt, Yintengi lets it fly, no good off the top of the backboard, and that will do it for the first half. Spalding with a monster second quarter. They trail by two after one, and now take a 17-point lead with them into the locker room, 39-22. to 22.